This is Shifting Our Schools, episode 102, Classroom Management in the Digital Age. As we got closer to going one-to-one, the biggest, I think, fear and anxiety that teachers had were around classroom management. Mm -hmm. And when we looked at what resources were out there, we found that there were a lot of resources on classroom management, but nothing on classroom management with devices. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Well, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for tuning in and listening this week. This is also our last week of our November 2019 free giveaway. You have until November 30th to leave us a Flipgrid response to any and all of the questions we have been asking throughout the month of November. Every Flipgrid response you leave enters you a chance to win a free copy of The Classroom Management in a Digital Age by Patrick Green and Heather Dowd, who also happen to be our guests this week in the episode to wrap up the month of giving away a copy of their book. Now, it's pretty simple to enter your name to win. There are two really easy ways to do it. First, you could head over to sospodcast.org. That's the website for our podcast, sospodcast, all one word, .org. And at the top, click on the link that says Flipgrid. That will take you to our Flipgrid topic where you can leave your answer to this episode or any and all of the episodes in the month of November. You can also download the Flipgrid app to your phone and enter the code SOSPODCAST, all one word, all lowercase, and boom, you'll be right there in our grid where you can answer the questions right from your phone. Why do we use Flipgrid? Well, It's a great app for students. One of my top three I have been recommending for the past couple of years to teachers and educators. And I wanted to use an app that can be used with students to show just how simple and versatile this app is. I love that the owner of the account, as the owner of the account, I can easily download the MP3 and insert your comments into the podcast as well. So you, the listening community, can be a part of the podcast with us. In each of the episodes, episode 99, 100, 101, and here in 102, we're asking you to leave answers to questions that we discuss in the podcast. So if you haven't heard those other episodes, you can go back and listen to them and still answer the questions before November 30th to enter to win a free copy of Classroom Management in the Digital Age by today's guests. In this episode, we focus on classroom management routines that can support any teacher at any level in making your classroom flow just that much better. Classroom management is something that you never master, something that you constantly work at. What works one year with one group might not work the next year with the next group. So with that in mind, this episode's question, we look at what is a classroom management strategy that you are currently using that works for you and your students with devices? Whether you're in a CART situation or you're in a full one-to-one program, the more we share, the more we all learn. So this episode's question is just that. What is a classroom management strategy that you are currently using that works for you and your students with devices? And if you've already got a copy of the book, Classroom Management in the Digital, Digital Age, feel free to pick one out of there that you have implemented and is working for you. 
This week, I have a chat with my good friends, Heather Dowd and Patrick Green, the authors of Classroom Management in the Digital Age. We cover some of their favorite strategies and other things that are on our minds. I apologize that Patrick's connection kept cutting out when he talked. I did the best I could to edit it together, but at the end of the day, sometimes the internet gremlins get the best of us. Still a great chat with great friends. And with that, on with the show. All right, welcome back to Shifting Our Schools. So excited to be here with uh, two of my good friends and just amazing people in general, uh, Patrick Green and Heather Dowd. Thank you guys for being on another uh, podcast episode here at Shifting Our Schools. And today we're going to be talking all about classroom management strategies and you two wrote the book, the book we're giving away this month. So I'm so excited to have you here to be at the last podcast of the month of November where next week we will actually give away a free copy of Classroom Management in a Digital Age to one lucky listener. So thank you both for being here. Patrick, let's get started with you. Uh, where you're from, give a quick review timeline of uh, just where you come from, how you got into this educational business, and, and kind of where's your passion now? Yeah, okay. Um, well, it's great to be here, Jeff. Um, uh, Love chatting with you. And of course, great to catch up with Heather, uh, who we don't get to work so closely together anymore. So it's nice to see each other virtually. Uh, I'm from Washington State. I grew up in Washington State um, and started my teaching career here. Both my parents were teachers. And um, really, I got into teaching because I saw that my parents were making a difference in people's lives. And I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. And I thought you, I thought you were going to say you saw that your parents were making lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> I that's where that was gonna go. Yeah, I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> I'm from the state of Washington, um, and that's where they were teaching. <laughs> yeah, there you uh, go. No, it's a great place to be, and um, just really wanted to connect with kids and help them through difficult parts of their lives. I, uh, most of my career has been in middle school, although I've spent some time in the high school as well. Um, as you know, because you and I have uh, both done the teacher leadership project in Washington yeah. and Bill Gates for kind of getting us kickstarted into our uh, technology integration um, mindset. Yeah. And just opportunities and, and, and chances to try and learn and um, see what we could do uh, with students when we put powerful devices in their hands. Um, so that was back in um, 99, 2000. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I got to, I got to teach in a two to one classroom where we had uh, two kids paired up on a, a laptop and uh, Czech Republic and back to Singapore. And now um, getting to get back into Washington schools and work with schools here in the state as they put creative, powerful productivity tools in the hands of students and see what's possible. So there's a lot of good work going on in Washington and I'm excited to be doing that. Um, my passion right now though is, because I'm also a parent, I'm wanting to support parents more mm. with how to um, parent around devices. And so I hope to have some some new work coming out on cool. screen time, uh, which I'm really excited about. Awesome. Thank you. Heather, so good to see you again. Likewise. Thank you. I love any opportunity I get to chat with you, Jackson. Uh, so much fun. Yeah, no problem. Uh, give us a quick background and what's one of your passions right now that you're kind of focused on? 
So I am from Illinois. I grew up in rural Illinois, about two and a half hours west of Chicago, where my mom was a middle school uh, science teacher. And she told me not to be a teacher because she didn't make a lot of money. So I listened to her at first. And my plan was to be an engineer. And I studied physics and thought, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll do engineering until I taught English in Japan as kind of an adventure after college and uh, realized that I was also meant to be a teacher. So I didn't listen to her. I have to say she was a little bit disappointed when I called her up and said, (laughs) I'm going to go get a teaching certificate. Um, So that was, that was fun. Um, But I made the right choice and I've never regretted it. Uh, I taught high school physics before becoming uh, an instructional technology coach and moving more into the coaching side of things. Um, yeah, if, if I were going to say one thing I'm passionate about right now, it's it's coaching. I um, I think that if a school is going to invest the money in the hardware and the software, then they also need to invest in instructional coaches to help teachers use these tools in meaningful and impactful ways. Because if you just invest in the technology and put it in the classroom and you don't help um, teachers and students use it in impactful ways, then, you know, what's the point? Um, so that's kind of something that I've been spending my time on in the, the past few years and, um, it's, it's been fantastic and very rewarding. Awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about the book. You guys uh, decided to write this book when you were working together, both as tech coaches in Singapore at the time. And really what was it that you kind of got together and said, you know what, teachers need some support around this, or what was it that you were seeing or, uh, that just kind of brought you to this idea that you needed to write this book for, for teachers? Petra, I think that was you pointing at me, so I'll start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, I think the way it worked out is, you know, we, we were going one-to-one. We visited a lot of other schools that went one-to-one before us to learn from other teachers, administrators, and coaches. Um, and as we got closer to going one-to-one, the biggest, I think, fear and anxiety that teachers had were around classroom management. Hmm. And when we looked at what resources were out there, we found that there were a lot of resources on classroom management, but nothing on classroom management with devices. And so, you know, as we learned alongside our teachers, um, what worked in our classrooms, we just started collecting all of those ideas and realized, you know, this is something we could share with the wider world. So, that was our purpose. That was our reason for writing yeah. it is really to just take everything that we learned and that our teachers learned and put that in one place that we could share that with, with other schools and, and other teachers. Yeah. And when, and it's, when you think about it, um, you know, we are, we're all working in these schools where there's uh, fantastic professionals who are always learning and uh, a classroom where there was a device between every student and the teacher. Um, that whole shift to one-to-one, which is, you know, going on in different degrees in different places, but um, you you suddenly have an entire group of people who are embarking on a new world all at the same time. And it was a big fear. The management component, whenever a school goes one-to-one, it it really is the the first time that 100% of, I mean, nearly 100% of your faculty is about to do something that they've never been trained in. And so... So it wasn't, they weren't thinking about how could we make these engaging lessons or how could we harness the tool? Because the first thing was, well, how do we, how do we continue doing what we're doing? Like, I, I don't want things to be so drastically different that I'm totally out of my element. Yeah. And then I, I mean, that was the, very clear. That, and then once we 
got through those pieces with classroom management, we then were able to get people thinking about, okay, now what can we do with these devices and how can we empower students and how can we give them uh, opportunities to show their learning in different ways? But we first had to get over that hurdle. Yeah. Yeah. And the book has done fantastically well. I love the book. Uh, that's why I love, why I want to give away a copy to, to a listener here. I think it's just fantastic. And there's been, uh, as I was kind of getting ready for the, the podcast, I was out looking at the community that has been built around this book. Like there are schools that are doing book studies around your book. The hashtag uh, CM Digital Age is amazing on Twitter. If anybody wants to look at that, I'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. Uh, it's just been, it's been just a, such a great resource for, for teachers. Uh, and I think, like you said, it's so, it's, it's, we're, we're still not doing this. Like the universities that I'm working with, and I know that both of you have worked with higher education as well. We're still not training teachers. How do you, how do you do this stuff differently in a classroom where you were faced with 30, 28 screens and you have to, you have to adjust the, the strategies that we used to use in the classroom. And all of a sudden you have a very, I like to say it, a very distractive device between you and your kids. Right? Well, and that's just it too. The idea that you are adjusting your practice, right? Yeah. You're just, you might just be tweaking it because the things that were important before devices yeah. still are like proximity, right? Yeah. Like proximity is more important now, um, now that every kid could be totally distracted and somewhere else in the world, literally yeah. on their device. So, you know, Heather and I kind of joke in the book that the one, the one strategy that will fail is the teacher sitting behind the teacher desk. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's just an invitation for kids to go off all over the place. Um, yeah. And that was one of the podcasts. Just a, yeah. One of the podcast episodes just a few episodes ago um, was whack-a-mole is not a classroom management strategy. Mm. You know, sitting behind your desk with a piece of software and I have actually seen it in, in professional development settings where we were trying to have a professional development setting and teachers are, I call it playing whack-a-mole, like shutting tabs down on kids. And they're not, even in, they're not even in the classroom. They do not know what that child is doing. And they're just, I know Heather's shaking her head like, I can't believe it. But you've seen that, right, Heather? Have you seen that too? How do you approach teachers when you see that happening? Or what, what are the conversations you're having with coaches or with teachers around that idea of, that this software, that is, not, that is not a good use of that type of software. It usually comes, like what Patrick said, out of proximity. Right. I try to ask them, okay, if you're gonna monitor this, where are you and where are your students? Um, and, and kind of start the conversation there. Um, this is, uh, it's a hard one. It's, a, it's really a mind shift, right? And I, I do think if you start to, if you ask a teacher, any teacher, where should you be when your students are working on a task? They will say, I should be walking around, I should be you know, talking with groups. And so that's usually where I start, is ideally, where do you wanna be when your students are learning or doing a task together? And, and if we start from there, then usually I, I try to get them to that aha moment of, yeah. right, I don't wanna be sitting behind a screen and watching their tabs. Yeah. Um, and actually, Jeff, I think I learned this from, from you. I, I used to kind of enter those conversations very much biased towards we don't need that software that, you know, let's not even think about that. Um, but I remember once you having a conversation with uh, someone around like what what could we use that software in a positive way for? And, and that is, 
okay, I'm not going to sit during class, but can I get any statistics after class about what kids were doing? Yeah. And can I use that to have meaningful conversations later with students? Yeah. That I think is a very good use of that software. Yeah. And ever since I've, I've heard you have that conversation, then I bring that side in to talk about, okay, let, if you have access to this, how can you use this in a positive way? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I try to shift the conversation there to say, look, you don't need to be sitting there playing whack-a-mole. That's yeah. not a good use of your time. Um, and it's not a good, you know, you're not being a good support for your students then, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I say the same thing about like, you know, in a Google doc, having the revision history in a Google doc, I've had teachers who have been able to start conversations because you go into like the revision history of a Google doc and you see that a kid is working on homework at midnight or 1am. That's a conversation starter. I mean, there's a different conversation if they're copying and pasting stuff into their Google doc, but there's a conversation starter to be had around why are you doing homework at one o'clock? What is it that we need to do to support this child for whatever reason it is that they're doing homework at 1am. And I think that's a, I think that's a big piece of it is how do you get teachers to try and use this software? Cause it's not going away and it does have some really good pieces in it. I just, you know, how do we, we get them to come to those aha moments on their own? Well, I think it's, it's really important. I did gotcha. a couple yeah. points there. Um, cause you said it wasn't going away. I, I would like to at least get out there that there are lots of great teachers who don't use that software. Yeah, it's so true. And, um, what the reason they can do it is because, um, and going back to Heather's positivity comment, like how, how can you use it in a positive way, whether you're using it or not. But it, the, the whole idea would be, how is it impacting the culture of your classroom? So if you're, you've got a substitute teacher someday and you're sitting in your professional development um, yeah. session, just whacking a mole, yeah. like what does that say about your classroom culture where your, your students absolutely have no choice? Like you're going to make them do what you've asked them to do rather than work on respect and a, and a climate um, it's a real kind of teacher at the center even when they're not there sort yeah. of approach yeah um, and so I think if I were to have conversations with people I would start with you know how, how can this software if we have to use it um, how can it how can it be used in a way that uh, helps your classroom develop the relationships and the culture that you want it to. Yeah. Have. And I, the, I had a really interesting conversation with a school district um, just a few weeks ago where one of the teachers in the training, we were having this exact same conversation and one of the teachers in the training, her daughter is a substitute teacher and her daughter complains about it because you feel as a substitute teacher that you are being completely undermined by the teacher. Like teachers basically going behind your back and talking with the kids, even though you're the adult in the room. Because right. some of that software even allows you, the teacher, to like message directly to the student in the moment. And they're monitoring everything. And she, as a substitute teacher, was just talking about how frustrated she was that she felt like there was no respect for her being able to do what she does as a substitute teacher. And I thought that was, I'd never thought about it from that perspective before, but this is a young, you know, she's a, she's a paraeducator. She wants to become a teacher and she was covering, she covers classes as a sub. And she's just like, it is so frustrating. I feel she goes, it embarrasses me sometimes when kids are like, well, I just chatted with my teacher and that's not right. Or that's not the way we're supposed to do it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine being a sub in that situation, mm. you know, having, having that kind of thing going on behind you. So just something to be thinking about as well, I think, when, when you're using that, that software and what that looks like. 
What I want to do is get into, if you don't mind sharing, maybe what is one tip or trick that you like uh, best out of the book or something that you've seen like, oh, this is one, you know, this is the thing that teachers, teachers can grab this one thing and, and this one, we see change culture really quick. If there's something, Heather, do you want to go first? What's something maybe that you'd sure. like to share? Can I, can I give two answers? Is that allowed? Sure. You can okay. One answer is more big picture answer. And, and the second answer is more of a um, very practical, specific strategy. But my big answer is I think the your, your top two classroom management strategies are the same as what they are before we had technology. And that is building good relationships with students that matters. Um, if, if you don't have good relationship with the kids in that class, it's going to be very difficult to, to manage the classroom. Um, so that's my first thing. And, and the second one, just creating an engaging lesson. The more engaging the lesson is with, technolo with technology, the less likely students are to get off task. So those are my, you know, really top two. Um, but if I'm going to choose a favorite, very practical, specific strategy from the book, I'd say for me, it's, it's the bell ringer. So the having something, having a task on a screen or on a board, on a whiteboard, as students walk in, where they know every day when they walk in, they look in that same spot and they see one, do I even need a device out? Yeah. And if not, where do I put my device? And having that sort of set up as a classroom structure. Um, and, and then two, whether you need a device or not, what, what should I be doing as I walk in? So, you know, if it's, if it's a device day, maybe it's pull out your Chromebook close every tab except drive, um, open up classroom and go, you know, do this, ac this activity or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, that for me, I think is, is my number one. It also works as I facilitate activities with adults. Um, you know, just having that, that expectation every day, students know when I walk in, this is where I look to know what we're doing first. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I think I've seen that used, and maybe you can give it examples of how you've seen that, that idea manifested in other schools of, that you guys have worked with. Um, but I've even seen that idea of a symbol, a signal or a symbol that shows whether or not today is a Chromebook day or not, or a laptop day or not. And I, I, there are schools that I know have adopted where basically it's like a picture of a laptop and then a picture of a laptop with a line through it. And they've put it on the door to the hallway, especially in middle school and high school. And what they've reported back to me is, is kids will manage their battery time around being able to walk down the hall and I might have missed out in third period and I know today's a, a laptop day in your classroom. So I know I can't be playing my video game during lunch because I know I need battery because we're gonna be using it in class today. And so even having a symbol like that that's in the hallway, like on your door when your door is open, kids are walking up and down the hallway and they can start to manage and be like, oh, I'm, I have you know, Mr. Green's seventh period, he says we're gonna be using our laptops today, I better make sure I've got battery and takes out all of that showing up to a class saying, I don't have any battery left. And all of it yeah. is, is just a simple, you know, today's, today's a Chromebook day or not a Chromebook day and making that, making that public. And the first thing you see when you walk in the classroom, yeah. such no, a great I, strategy. Yeah. I love that. Um, the way that I, another idea um, inside the classroom is a lot of teachers will create a slide template, mm -hmm. right? And it's just the same thing that they use every day. And they have in this section, it says whether it's a device day, this section says what to do. Maybe they even have part of the slide that's, that has the homework on it. So students right away see that they're going to have homework or not. Okay. Um, you know, like whatever is needed for, for that day. But like, there's this template that all I have to do every day as a teacher is make a copy of that, put the new stuff in and put it up. Yeah. And um, you don't move you know, where the stuff is. 
Yeah. To your point, like whatever you put on that slide, it's in the same spot every day. Create those routines. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. You know, recently I heard, well, actually it was a Twitter conversation um, that I was tuning in slide uh, or, or all the stuff up on the board kind of saying that it took away opportunity, you know, for inquiry and that curiosity. And, you know, I, I would, I argued with that point saying, well, your, the way you phrase things could still leave all sorts of room for inquiry and curiosity, but you can also be putting people at ease about some of the things that will let them get into the flow faster, right? Like yeah. we pull out your laptop or not. There's no, it's not, who are we going to, that's not where inquiry is. Are we going to use our laptops today? Yeah. I want <laughs> No, let's, let's solve that question and move on to the more important learning. And so yeah. I, I think there's a nice blend there of, you can use bell ringers and activators and have all sorts of information available to the students. And that's actually empowering them. It's not, um, students can actually take ownership of that. Even though you said, if it's uh, needs to be put away or, or, or out, like students can then have that freely have that information to then help each other to, to get ready for class. Yeah. I like that. It's awesome. Well, Patrick, what about you? Do you have another one that, that you like that you find that is a kind of a go-to and easy strategy that, Teacher yeah, I, I would too. say, you know, kind of my, one of the ones I really like to think about and I'm always learning about because I, I, it's something that really reflects a teacher's personality is the, the signal, the idea of how mm. are you calling your class to attention? And um, I, I think s- similarly to, you know, the bell ringer or activator, it, it's just one of those things that really makes transitions uh, a lot smoother and I like to hear other people like, you know, I, I was saying the other day, like, oh, yeah, how do you um, get everybody's attention if, you've, if they've got their earbuds in? And, you know, like a second grade teacher was like, oh, you, you flick the lights. That's my signal when I've sent <laughs> their earbuds is I flick the lights to get them to take their earbuds out. Very cool. I love that idea. Well, there's, so many, there's so many ways to do it. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many. My newest one that I've been using this year is Waterfall. So teacher says waterfall, students say shh. <laughs> that's a and good it th- works wonderfully with adults. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love that one. I love that one. Well, I, I'm reminded of, of just kind of in that, that, same, that same idea is one of the things that I'm constantly helping teachers to kind of think about as kind of a classroom management strategy is if you want anyone, doesn't matter your age, to have deep deep conversations, you have to physically remove them from their devices. And Patrick knows this. I talk about this all the time on our trains and Heather, when you were doing trainings, we talked about this all the time, but, uh, we had a, up at, uh, one of the school districts that Patrick and I are working with, we actually had one of the second grade teachers was actually a coach sharing what he saw in the second grade classroom, but he has all the, the second graders, the, the teacher says hands on chairs and all the second graders jump up, run behind their chair and put their hands on the back of their chair. So kids are now standing and they're moving. And when you're standing behind your chair, you can't reach the, the device that's on the table. And then she gives directions or does whatever needs to happen. And then, you know, kids sit down and are able to go. So any, in any way that you can, you know, have those, those kind of, those. Well, those. and it's a direct, it's a direct connection to great pedagogy, which is yeah. that we keep shifting gears. Yeah. We're, we're not going to go to a two hour long block class and do the same thing for two hours. Right. We're going to have some face-to-face. We're going to have some independent time. We're going to have a group uh, activity. Yeah. Um, and, and to be able to have those smooth transitions from one learning opportunity to the next is very important. 
Yeah. Very important. And what I love is like, even the way you structured this, this conversation, Heather, when you got started, like, well, let's look at the, the big picture stuff. You know, this idea that you have to have, you have to have learning activities that are engaging. It's pure and simple. I mean, that this is with or without technology. And I find it so fascinating still today that when I'm quote unquote doing a tech training, teachers are amazed that we don't talk about technology. We talk about good teaching and learning. <laughs> and if you have good teaching and learning, then the tech is just going to blow that thing out of the water, right? But you got to have engaging activities. You've got to have relationships with your kids. Um, mm -hmm. Otherwise, none of, none of this, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, you're going you're gonna to be, be in a different spot. So cool. Well, thank you both for taking time. Uh, and I'm so excited to give away a free copy of your book. Uh, to some lucky listeners. So I'm, I'm excited about that um, for the end of the month of November. So anybody remember, you can swing by our Flipgrid over at Shifting Our Schools, leave a response on what's one thing that you use in your classroom. I think that would be awesome to share, get people to share. Also make sure you check out the hashtag uh, CM Digital Age, correct? That's the hashtag. It is so good. I was, again, I was there the other day. It's amazing what teachers are sharing out of your book and what it's looking like in classrooms. So I just really appreciate it. So thank you guys so much. Appreciate Thanks having the conversation. Having this is fun. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.